Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 85. I feel like I just want to hit 100 already because it just sounds cooler, but we're going to just keep on trucking. Uh, I am wishing you all some calmness and contentment because... We need it. I know I need it. Um, as always, thank you all so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and this is De Colores Radio. Last episode, we had the privilege of bringing the amazing Rosie Pears as our Juice guest host um, for the week. And we really had kind of a jam-packed show, probably too much so, that I was like, oh, we're going to move that segment and make it a YouTube series because it was a little bit much um, for me personally, but we were really thrilled to have um, Victoria and Priscilla on from Dallas Mexican American Historical League, as well as our good friend Jody, um, to share some of their knowledge and um, the things that we're interested in at the moment, like reservation dogs. Um, but I also really enjoyed having um, Dallas's own performance artist, Queen Christian Cruz. Um, and I wanted to touch a little bit, if I could, on some of the comments mentioned, because I didn't want it to seem as though um, it was like cold or man, like, man, man, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, just like, I don't know. It just, I know it kind of seemed out of left field. Um, and there were some comments made about our old, you know, our old host of the show and one of our co-founders. Um, and obviously we have mad love for him. I, I do consider him like a brother. Um, but unfortunately we have not been in a lot of communication with him. We haven't really heard from him in a while. Um, and I'm kind of just wishing him the best, wishing the cultural center the best. Um, we did kind of help create a campaign to help fight for his role. And it almost seems as though after that happened, um, we've heard even less from him, which I think is quite unfortunate. Um, but I cannot speak for him or his on his behalf. Um, so I, I'm kind of at a point where I am, you know, um, a little bit down and doing the best I can with what um, our lovely city of Dallas has done to a lot of our people. But I'm also like, I have to protect my energy. And I wanted to make sure that Decolores Radio kept running and kept going because I couldn't keep waiting for, um, you know, this this thing to somehow get fixed or come around or um, kind of waiting for this two-way street to be met. So that's not shade. That's me being very vague. I genuinely have a lot of love for this person, and I believe he's always welcome on the show. I've been waiting for him to come back, and it didn't really happen. Um, and so I ran with it, right? I kind of said, okay, I need to do this show, and this is um, something I'm very grateful that we have still had. So um, hopefully this is well received. I have been very anxious and nervous about even sharing that. Um, but I know that she made some comments from her own experience. I was not aware of that. Um, but it was her truth, right? And this is our truth. And he's forever a part of the Colores and what the foundation was. Um, but we have not really been in a lot of communication or collaboration um, in at least the last, I want to say year, to be very honest. Um, so, uh, the door is always open for him here at the Colores Radio, um, but I'm also happy to say, I guess, that this is definitely my show now, <laughs> and uh, really 
what we do is still fundamentally rooted in in Texas and in the South and uplifting, you know, Black, Indigenous, and uh, folks of color in general. That's always what we've been. That's always what we're going to be. And our, the root of who we are is never going away. Um, and we will obviously always stand by and for um, women, non-binary folks, and um you know, the power of the people. So I just wanted to clear the air with that and, and mention that so y'all didn't think it was just me being shady or something. People are going to talk regardless. Um, there's a lot more to it that I don't feel comfortable sharing, but I'm going to leave it at that. So hopefully whew, that um, kind of clarifies that that moment. Um, and I, I always wish the best for, for, for our city. I want the best for us always. Um, with that said, um, please remember, if you want to see the full, raw, unedited video version of any of our latest episodes, you can subscribe and get exclusive behind-the-scenes content at patreon.com slash thecoloresco um, for as little as $3 a month. I want to also mention, I kind of wrote like a blog piece I put on there, so if you want more of my emotions... They're also on that <laughs> blog and you can get that at the seven or $10 rate. Uh, but this obviously helps us become a sustainable platform, which is of course the goal. So now that we have all of that out of the way, can I bring my literal sis, Pat, where you at? Welcome. How you doing? Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's all right. I think Hello. I was- uh, I wanted to say it like our nephew. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I thought. You scared me a little bit. Um, No, I uh, definitely was a little bit nervous about sharing that. And I am glad that we're kind of clearing the air. So that's why I'm like, I have love here. I'm, I'm always open to conversations and, you know, hearing from people, but if that doesn't happen, I'm gonna keep it moving because we can't wait around. So um, yeah, I definitely am glad. My support as your sister and co other co-founder and producer and yes. we've got our, our uh, listeners and fans and supporters of the show that will understand and will be by your side and keep supporting us and keep supporting what he's doing with his um, work as well. Yes, thank you for that reminder. I don't want to be emotional, so I'm going to keep it rolling. I also want to shout out our um, producer and editor, Jeremy uh, Pesina, who's a brilliant creative. If I do have enough time, I will bring him up later so y'all can actually meet him. Um, if not, we will do that in the next episode because he is someone you all should know as well. Um, he is an introvert, so sometimes he likes to go under the radar and just be brilliant and create amazing work like a lot of artists do. But I will unfortunately soon put him on blast um, in the most loving way I can possible. With all of that, um, that means it's officially time for everyone's favorite doo -doo -doo -doo, meme mood. I want to give you all, our listeners, an insight into our personal energy, into how we are feeling right now, into the reality of our existence. This is what I consider the modern day diary. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how memes it's time for meme mood pat what All do right. you have for us um so i'm in a better mood since the last time i was on here only because now i have my furniture i feel more established in my home um i was listening to one of a, like a collaborative playlist i made with our friend joe and the song came on and I was like, you know what? That's going to be my meme move for today. So I'm going to share 
It's my problem. Jeremy, our, our producer, also knows this song really well. You know this song very well. It makes me very happy. I shared it with you this weekend when it oh came out. I think I get nervous every single time you share something. And I, no bullshit, put this song on my current playlist because of this video. <laughs> so what it is, is it's the one and only Jolly Bee's mascot. And they're dancing to be your girl and by Kate Trinata. So mm-hmm. I'm playing a little bit of the clip for y'all. There's like no audio, but that's okay. Oh, you can't? Hold on. Let me yeah, see. Yeah, I'm like, I can't hear anything. Give me a second. The bee. But when that when that meme first came out, nobody knew that that was the mascot from Jolly Bee, and they put it to like a reggaeton bee, and so it was just like a meme circulating. And now it seems it's still making its rounds, which is always exciting. Man, we love to see a long-lived meme. It's still not doing the audio, huh? No, it's not. But that's, that's okay. So sad. We'll it move on to mine now, and it probably won't show the video audio. It didn't either. give me the audio option today. Oh well, that is great. I love the internet so much. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> that just means you'll have to go find it on our stories um sometime soon i'm assuming that means i won't be able to show mine either no your i think yours lets you do it but for some reason when i shared it from the computer it won't let me okay but let's it's fine. see but this here is we my go do you want to pre- you want to preface a little bit before i hit honestly play? i think it's really self-explanatory it seems there was a selena party birthday party going on and the caption on the video says, y'all, it's Selena beating up Yolanda. <laughs> and I don't know. I just felt like it was a vibe. Y'all, it's Selena beating up Yolanda. <laughs> and it's a... It's a- <laughs> Her dress, I thought, like, that outfit. She is beating the piñata in the Selena outfit. Right. right. So you can, you can stop it. That does get a, they that one got too loud. Yours was like silent, and mine went to like extreme levels. Um, but it, I think it is iconic. It kind of looks like a Dora that is wearing like an old woman's clothes piñata. It does. Um, which, <laughs> I so I have questions, right. but it's okay. I appreciate the effort. I think it was an iconic moment for um, what a lot of people are calling Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so, you know, we are <laughs> doing the best we can. There's also a lot of memes going around where it's just iconic moments from like Latino videos and they just put happy Hispanic <laughs> heritage month <laughs> and they're so funny. They're like telenovela clips and just like, um, I honestly forget about a lot of those. And then every year they come back. Every- That's the one thing I like about the only thing about Latinidad we are uh, in support of is, yeah. is ridiculous Latin videos. Anti-blackness or xenophobia. Yeah, nothing, nothing else <laughs> but that. Yeah, none of the, the phobias, but yes. We, we have some good memes like Miki Minach, you know, the classics, the good stuff. Um, all right. So that's where we are meme-wise. Um, we have our meme mood updates, and I'm so excited to be bringing on um, these brilliant folks to be our juice guest host today. Um, I would consider them some of Callie's and San Antonio's best because I can't forget where one of them was born. He, he won't let you forget either. Don't worry. Uh, but we are bringing on uh, two of my favorite people and artists in the world. We have Gally and Isa joining us from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. 
Antonio. Um, today's interview guest will also be another brilliant uh, Texas artist. Jose Villalobos will be joining us a little bit later. Um, but it's going to be a really great show. So I think it's time for us to jump in. Yay. This is The Juice, where we discuss the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. Welcome to the show, Galileo and Isabel and Castro. How are you both? The juice is loose. The no, juice is loose. I could be doing a lot of things right now, but I'm not mad at it. The whole How time are you doing? He, he was like, I'm going to make an OJ reference. And I'm no, like, that's yeah, fine. That's- <laughs> we support you. Yeah. You know... I nobody has ever said that like in 2021. <laughs> Shout out to OJ Simpson. <laughs> I will. That, that, that's, a, that's a wrestling reference. I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. That's a wrestling reference. No, that okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. I I will say I think he was like pretty pro vaccine, which I thought was cool. So I guess shout out to OJ indeed because <laughs> he was telling folks to get vaccinated, and sometimes that's a lot to ask for from celebrities nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> so we what's don't going even on? Speak about making the match. D- uh, we're gonna just right there. We'll just leave it right there. Um, <laughs> what's going on in San Antonio? Y'all are always up to to some something dope or just living. And I honestly, there are few people. I'm just gonna say this because I am a, a fan. There are few people whose daily life I would like and or enjoy watching. And it's, y'all are like top five for me, easy. Where I'm like, I want to see your grandmother working out. This is bringing me or watching away. The Conjuring when she watched The Conjuring with me. Yes, or like twenty minutes. <laughs> my favorite is when um, Gally goes like back home to to California and then brings back like a luggage of goodies and i just watch every bit i watch every little dot on insta story and i just eat it up shout out to tokyo central yeah <laughs> so yeah. thank you both for being thank on the show welcome thank you for having <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> of course of course what's going on in san antonio how are y'all doing tell us a little bit about yourselves as we as we get started on the juice uh i'm you don't know me i'm isabel castro and i'm a visual artist and zine maker here in san antonio um <clears throat> i live at home with my mom yeah she lives with me at her house uh <laughs> and if there's noise like construction noises it's because my theos are literally no. on the other side of this window building out a sunroom which Ooh. will be a temporary bedroom. Ooh, that'll sister. be nice. That'll be so nice. There's just like construction noises or a dog barking. It's because it's that. That's okay. We love like, authenticity. It's unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like fair. Oh, That's fair. That's um, fair. Gali, tell us who you are. Uh, I'm Galilo Gonzalez, born and raised in LA County, not the city of LA. Aki, I don't want to get into that. Uh, I live here now in San Antonio, and I moved here because of her. And I've been here for like. <laughs> It's gonna be four years. The end of th- uh, the end of Thanksgiving week. So like after Thanksgiving, the seventeenth. No, no, before Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I started working mm. after Thanksgiving week. Oh. So, yeah, so like I would say like mid November will be four years living here now. But oh, wow. in California. 
And that transition. So tell me more, because I know when we talked in person, you were like, oh, this was it was rough. But how has it been now that you've been here for four years? And uh, especially for you, Isa, as like a homegrown Southside San Antonio uh, uh, gal. Uh, like when Gally moved, I think I was like, because I was had already. Great. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> like, like, because I had started doing freelance and working from home, and then like this guy that I had been dating, and like we talk on the phone and stuff. He was suddenly like in my house and around all the time. And oh I was, like, my gosh! And he's like, "Hey, let's spend time together." And I'm like, "Hold on, I'm replying to emails." Like, um, but then so funny. like he took it upon himself to explore the city on his own and like try and find things that he liked like food wise and he so he would cut he would go out on an adventure and then come back say hey i found this really great place like let's go there and i'm like okay cool and for a little bit he was like definitely in my shadow because everyone just knew him as like my my boyfriend my partner i I would say more like a year a year Mm. Of everyone being like, oh, hey, you're Elizabeth's boyfriend. And and then also not used to, like, everything being calm. I'm used to chaos. And chaos and traffic. And He's like, we gotta crazy leave. Crazy shit, you know? He's like, he, he would expect traffic everywhere we went. And, like, traffic here isn't anything compared to L.A. So I'm like, oh, dude, it just takes, like, 20 minutes to get to the other side of town. Like, don't worry about it. You're right. Um, and, like, and in LA, they don't have uh, access roads with like turnarounds. Right. So like, I would be like, "Oh, just take, just get on the access road, take the turnaround, and we'll be right there." And he's like, "What are you talking like, about? What are you talking? What I'm the like, hell? It's I'm a like, road that goes along." I'm our like, road. "What the hell is an access road? I'm like, we just missed the exit. Yeah, almost twenty yeah. minutes because this light takes forever to change, and there's all these cars. Also, this street, major street. I'm dead. Major I street." Can't. With like one lane, and that lane turns left and goes straight. No, see, that is a definitely a unique experience. I want to ask more things, I, but I know we need to get into the juice topics. Yeah, okay. Don't ask. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you should just have them ask them to make a cameo of their muffet of Issa's muffet. Oh, we'll do that later for sure. We we'll do, do want to get through the juice topics though, um, because we have some things to cover. Um, I personally was actually kind of off social media for the last like week or so. Um, and I got on in the last day or two because I was like, I have to have a script and I need to know what's going on in the world. And, um, of course how we, how we, uh, tend to discuss topics on the juice is we go with like the harsh, um, kind of more painful news first, um, and try to have a little more joyful discussions, Um, towards the end and I really wanted to lean in more on um, some joy this time around because the news cycle is so heavy Um, and so I wanted to um, I guess just mention this because there's a lot there to unpack and hopefully I can bring someone on soon that can discuss it um, at a more uh, professional level um, with like a black undocumented network Um, because a lot of them um, exist and they need our support now more than ever. Um, But I guess it is not surprising to me personally. Um, 
that Biden's administration is being very manipulative with what is happening at the border right now. Um, this isn't a new issue. A lot of these mass deportations have been targeting black undocumented folks um, for several years now, but a lot of what undocumented, um, I guess, imagery looks like to people is just the Latinx community and it is not only affecting us. Um, so it was very heartbreaking to see these images, um, which were very, uh, like a, a re repetition of history in, in the absolute worst ways. Um, and to see people mass sharing these was also very disturbing to me, um, because I think American culture has a really strange obsession, um, with trauma. I think we love trauma porn. It's like and that's the only way people can realize like to process it. And I'm like, really? Right. And it's very disturbing to me because I'm like, y'all really love to see black pain and y'all have normalized it a little bit too much for my comfort. Um, so I do want to encourage people to also process why they're comfortable seeing and sharing these things at such mass levels um, because they are beyond disturbing um and obviously this new story then comes out that he that the biden administration was um deporting you know haitians at at, at mass levels and also i want to say mexico is a part of that as well right um because what then happens is mexico is like oh we're mexican we didn't we're not doing anything wrong we're just trying to find the american dream which is bullshit. They are very much in cahoots with the United States of America and are discriminating against um, Central Americans, uh, Black folks, etc. globally, right? Um, and so I just wanted to mention a few of those things because it is deeply disturbing to me. Um, and then again, seeing the way I'm not even sure of the press lady's name that's um, in charge of the Biden administration, but the way that she's like, oh no, we're not deporting them. We're doing this. Like they're finding ways to make it sound better. It. It's just bullshit. <sighs> but it also so is again, exactly. Guys, <laughs> okay. Thank you, Pat. That was perfect. Nice shirt Hi. you're wearing. Maria, um, you my original. Correct. A period. Um, but, but really it is, it, all of this is, um, intentional right and even like AOC's doing a lot of performative bullshit now too right and so it's just like that's why a lot of people don't want to claim liberal because this is the bullshit y'all are doing it's the same shit with a smile on it so like is it better to have a smile on it or is it better to have a cold hard you know Trump-esque um, administration I'm not really sure what's better it kind of feels worse maybe um, do y'all have any thoughts on this Yeah, I think like Biden, Biden's administrations is still just like we we expected this, you know, like right. for them to do everything with a smile as opposed to being like Trump people, and so mm -hmm. it's just no matter what, it's still utterly disgusting. Of like the right. the the hoops that they're they're putting like them for people to jump through of like trying to call them out, and they're like, we're just sending them home, we're not deporting them, and it's like. Do, like, they're literally deporting them like they don't <laughs> hear themselves or they know what they sound like and they just don't care right and like no matter what i feel like they're still like anytime you jump on like like say facebook for instance 
in the comment sections of any of these images that like get shared right. there's people who are like you know like rooting for ice and it's disgusting and then there's people who like will reshare the image because they're trying they're like i'm trying to bring awareness to it yeah no like we know it's happening you don't need to re-traumatize like the people on your feed right it's 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 just like so upsetting to like see all those things and know that like other people haven't listened or haven't learned like hey don't share those things like black pain isn't something that should be shared virally like right right um, especially when a lot of those people a lot of especially like black folks and documented folks they don't there's no like filter when they like get on to the internet right they're just like you know scroll oh i'm on my break at work i'm gonna look at this and they'll scroll and see that and it's it's just so upsetting for them it's, it's and, beyond triggering right and yeah. i think that's literally what happened like i was off off social media and then i got on and i was like whoa what the fuck and then i was like fuck and then i was like i don't want to be here anymore again like because it, it is so much it's so heavy and there's just such an influx of information at all times that it's like I think we're all to me we're all like traumatized from quarantine and like we're supposed to just like be figuring it out right now and it's really kind of scary to me I'm like okay I don't really know what the right way to do this is but sure um well I'm gonna move us to much lighter news but I did want to bring attention to that because I didn't um want to ignore that by any means and that's the reality of what America looks like at this moment well I just wanted to say something yeah go for it yeah, like, I kind of understand the whole idea of trauma porn. Salvadoran American, my family came here during the Salvadoran... They came to mm-hmm. California during the Salvadoran Civil War. So, obviously, it's like a lot of the history of El Salvador is basically about the war. It's mm-hmm. about uh, it's about the dictatorship. It's about all this shit. It's kind of like what history in El Salvador... In the Uni- to the United States, the history of El Salvador is really about, like, violence and civil war and death and murder, death squads, all that shit. Right. So, like, I'm not even surprised that people are, like, resharing these images of, based of you know, Black people being, you know, being chased with whips by Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they did that. When did they do that? The one time where they shared that one about the kid who, like, drowned crossing the Rio Grande? Yes, that one was yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah, I think that was Salvadoran, too. A little Salvadoran, okay, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, it, it's, it's fucked up. I think, you know, when I was younger, uh, I used to be, like, a it's weird. I used to be like obsessed with the idea of trauma. Like I was like, oh, trauma, trauma. I guess my word rebelling. I mean, it really is fed to us, and we get comfortable oh, yeah. with it. Oh no, yeah, no, you you can you know that's it's fed to you. You kind of get like immune. You get immune to it. Sometimes you, you know, like you know, you you try to go for as a teenager, trying to go, trying to see. Oh, let me see this Al Qaeda beheading as a kid, you know. But after as I got <laughs> older. No, I mean, you know, yeah, because you're fed this stuff. And especially right. No, it's it's definitely it definitely is something that hyperviolence is like craved. Yeah, yeah, but but as I've gotten older, you know, I've kind of like I realize uh, you know, like, yeah, this I shouldn't be sharing any of this stuff. And I think people should be and this includes like people that I know and even like professors who are just like, Oh, mm-hmm. we're all we're trying to keep you know, trying to show awareness. Like I'm just like you ain't got to show awareness because, it, you know, um, like usually in my social media, rarely, rarely, rarely do I post about anything that has to do with that. And, you know, part of me feels like, oh, I should maybe be sharing more about this. But I'm just like, no, I don't want to participate in this because even if I, in a way, even if I talk about it, I'm kind of sharing that same trauma. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's just kind of like when people think of it, like, oh, they think of like the trauma.
trauma. I forgot to mention right. the gangs. Think of like the gangs. So yeah, the, the gangs is definitely like, part of that. Talk about it on social media, like you know, you know, face to face or even like this. I will talk my ass up about this and you know about why it's important. But on social media, I avoid it because I don't want to be a part of that because I've, in a way, my history, you know, my family's history, in a way, my history. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be born here if the war didn't happen in Salvador. It's right. you know, tied to trauma, and I'm like. I don't, I don't want any part of it. I, I think that's that's like part of growth as like people who aren't like experiencing what's going on is like maybe a couple of years ago, like my old self would have like shared those images and been like, people need to know, let's have it like, but like, like on social media. But now I've learned like, I don't want to get into fights with people in the comment section of some news website and right. that like me and Gally have conversations we we know what's going on yeah we're not gonna you know share things like to re-traumatize anybody but we have conversations among ourselves at home and like with our friends in person daily i would say daily yeah with without having to like reshare those images because everybody knows what's going on already yeah and so we'll just have like more private conversations about stuff um even like stuff with like my family especially during like the George Floyd protests. I'm very grateful that my mom isn't on Facebook and like, isn't susceptible to uh, like propaganda. Yeah. Um, But she still watches the news. And like, so like, they'd be like, she'd be like, Oh my God, these people are writing. And then I'd run to the room and be like, okay, let's have a quick conversation about this. Yeah. You literally have to dissect it with them. Yeah. And like it, like it was every time because my grandma has dementia Mm. and so she was watching the news too and so she would get upset you know seeing violence and then I would like stop and talk with her about it and like it really changed the discussions that we were having and I'm so grateful that I took the time to like sit with my mom and grandma and make sure they understood the whole picture of what was happening because their only news sources were like the newspaper um and then like the TV. News. Right. And, and all like, of those yeah. things are usually inherently anti-black. So it's obviously yeah. not going to paint a great image, um, which is, I think, what a lot of uh, I want to say, you know, I obviously can only speak, I guess, for like Latinos, but it's like they're not having those conversations. So then these things continue to be perpetuated because of places like, um, you know, Univision y todo eso that that's kind of just. Cre- yeah, they're just kind of creating this like continued monolith and then we get stuck <laughs> we get <laughs> we get stuck having the same conversation about like if people can call themselves latinx or not um we love you know what audio is a work in progress but um yeah i i think that's the thing that we get stuck on these smaller issues and then there's things like this happening and you know haitians are are technically latinos right which people are also so confused by because they don't understand that, again, we're not a monolith, right? We're not all one complexion. But anyways, I digress. I do want to move on to the next topics, not because this is not important, but because uh, we do have other stuff to cover. But I do think y'all bring up a lot of really important points. And I think that what you mentioned is one of my favorite things to discuss and probably what I like to do and kind of what I encourage here on the show is basically media literacy, which is like, I encourage you to implore what you're watching, analyze it, dissect it. Um, 
and question everything around you, right? Just because that person looks nice, are they nice, right? Uh, just because she looks like you, is she really writing for you? Is she really supporting your community, you know? And like really understanding that these things are complex and um, humans are inherently flawed. So we really have to work hard to grow and evolve and be better people. Um, and I think a lot of people, we just want to take things at face value and, and, and run with it. And it's not that simple. Um, in completely, totally opposite news, speaking of, um, hardworking characters, there's apparently a Super Mario Brothers movie that has been announced. <laughs> My chat blew up last night. Me mood. Me mood. Uh oh, what's your me mood? Let's see it. Uh, oh my gosh. I see a bong. It I'm says dead. bong. That's how it is <laughs> on Earth. Luigi in a thong are things I never thought I would hear together. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so hold up though? Please send it. Movie. Send it to us all so we can see I it. Yeah. I I thought everyone had seen that. Yeah, it's a, as soon as y'all did the meme mood, he was like, it is so scrolling. Like, he was like, I'm gonna get my meme mood. All, oh, all God bless you. We support all meme moods. Thank you for sharing yours. Yes. I'm glad that you identify with that. <laughs> I don't know. Have you looked? Have, so have y'all looked at? I know I talked about this with Issa and Gali briefly, but have y'all all seen the the full cast lineup for the Super Mario movie though? I know that's what everybody's saying and I'm like why did we choose Chris Pratt he was already the Lego movie kid and like I thought it was hilarious that everybody on the internet I will now only refer to him as the dino seducer because that's what he is now because okay. of Jurassic Park <laughs> that's actually true I get that so but I, was maybe, really, I was really upset and then people were like wow uh, princess peach is our latina representation because they have the girl from uh, but i kind of feel like yeah, she fits that friend. role though <laughs> so are they gonna do like fake italian like i don't know and i'm like the voice actor's still alive like y'all could have literally had uh, the mario voice actor do it i see i didn't an animated know that movie yeah so who are some of the other characters? There's obviously like there's no they're all white people, right? Oh, yeah. Mostly. Uh, I think like what's his name? Peel. He's uh, in it too. Oh yeah. Keegan Michael Key. He's told. Yeah, that He's one. Told. That one. But Jack Black's in it. Um oh, Jack, yeah, Jack Black. Black. I, I like that. I feel I like he makes sense. Kind of, yeah. Oh yeah. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, right? Yeah. yeah I, I honestly I don't really understand these kinds of things. Like, I'm like, this is a weird time where like they're revisiting a bunch of like children's tales or plays or musicals. And it's like a big thing right now. And I'm like, wow, this is really fascinating. But I get, I mean, I think it's still got the press it wanted. And I think they put Chris Pratt because Chris Pratt, remember when they were, the Twitter tried to like, Say people he was saying the worst like he's the worst. Well, that's what people were like yeah. saying. We're like he did. The, they chose the right guys because he's already wearing a red hat. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, because they they said he was MAGA, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Seth Rogen's playing Donkey Kong. Keegan Michael Key's playing Toad. Charlie Day from uh, Always Sunny's playing Luigi. Fred Armisen is playing oh, Cranky sorry. Kong. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy is playing Princess Peach. Chris Who's Pratt. Who's Luigi? Mario. Luigi is Charlie Day from Oyster. Oh, Sunny. that's kind of he has a funny, 
funny. So that's what people are saying. They should have put him and Danny DeVito, not Chris Pratt. Oh my god! People just trying to like stack, stack the like animated voices so people are excited to go see it. Yes, absolutely. They were just like, hey, we're doing a new Super Mario animated movie. You'd, everyone would be like, okay, and cautious, but then they're like, you know, throwing out big names, but you're like, oh, Jack Black, I'll see Jack Black in anything. I don't right. care. Right. No, right. they did get some good people in there. I was just like, huh, okay, sure. I didn't even know this was happening. They could take Chris Pratt out. Yeah, I think that's the main one that feels... Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think if, like, Danny DeVito was Mario, he'd be like, hey, Luigi, I'm gonna go bank some Goombas. <laughs> <laughs> ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっ
Yeah. Very uh, loud. Oh, okay. Uh, Grand is a sellout, but shout out to Visions. It's a great album. No, Vision, Visions was good. That was the one. Visions, yeah, Visions was a solid album. It still kind of slaps. Yeah, I remember um, me and Emma went to go see her in concert at Fun 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 Fest, and we were like, whoa, this is actually really good. We were really yeah. surprised how great she was live. Yeah, she was kind of fun, but she was a sellout. I agree. Um, yeah. Wow, I want to hear more from y'all, but I'm scared that Grimes's baby might have taken <laughs> over your household. And is, is I mean, Elon Musk is over there in Austin, so it's not that far from y'all. He over there uh, gentrifying, from what I understand. They live yeah. in like a trailer, and they're like, "Oh, this is a uh, high living," and it's just like this white, like empty trailer. Isn't it interesting yeah. how rich people glorify poverty and like it's exciting for them, like? What's her name? Kylie Jenner and them like rented a bus for their daughter because she had never been on a yellow bus. Is that what happened? Yeah. I didn't know that. I just saw the memes where she looked really sad. In the she bus. looked so sad. It was a lone child just like wandering through a bus. And I was like, wow, this is so fascinating, That's but weird. also like sad. This you is just sad. Yeah, so they can bully her. Yeah, a real yellow bus experience. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, yellow bus having, the, having the fight for the back seat. Yeah. If you're not yeah. bullied on a yellow bus at least once, you haven't lived. I'm gonna have to say that. That's what we've decided. Um, well, then that leads us to our last juice topic, um, which is the Latin Billboard Awards that happened this week. Um I would also call it white news because it was a bunch of white Latinos. <laughs> and that's what seems to be running Latin music right now. Um, I've kind of been mentioning that for years now since we even went to LAMC. And so like shout out to all the dope people that are involved in this work. But also I want to see more sizes and flavors and colors and people and it is a little bit, like, don't get me wrong. I used to be a big Bad Bunny girl. But, like, I would like to see it mixed up. And he's not the only one I'm, like, coming for or whatever. I'm not really coming for anybody. But anytime I say anything, y'all think I'm coming for people. <sighs> I'm just, like. I think Tokisha was our only, like, black Latin artist there. Right. But I'm just, like, where's Setch? Where's all these people getting nominated? It's J Balvin's. It's your same people over and over again. And I, I, I realized this week because I did get to go on an adventure with my friend um, for like an exclusive Instagram partnership shoot in Miami. So we were we were kind of surrounded by this world this week, which was really interesting and a lot of fun. And maybe I'll talk about it more later. But at the same time, I was like, damn, like this is what Latinidad looks like. And we still haven't advanced very much. I think it's kind of moving, but I'm like. I can't even tell you that much because it, it, it all looks the same. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just like ignorant to it, but that's what it keeps looking like to me. I wasn't even aware there was a Latin Billboards Awards. I don't care all. about award shows, period. <laughs> <laughs> Gally said, no, thanks. Pat, did you watch? 
I didn't because I honestly forgot that it was happening, even though I like I remember people mentioning that everybody was in Miami for a billboard, but I just didn't remember and put the two together. But her performance, Toshisha Tokisha, is the only one that I wanted to see. Um, I was just kind of living through Gata's tweets, calling out yeah, all the anti-black all the anti-blackness and stuff within there because it seemed very underwhelming and I know our friend Carmina also told me that it was very like underwhelming and the camera and the the production was not very good um so I was just kind of like all right I didn't really miss anything I'm probably gonna go look at her performance on YouTube I am sad I missed uh Paquita I know that was kind of a moment but I did like that bunny Bad Bunny giving her the mic was also kind of cute. And then she, what did she call him? I forgot. Inutil. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, So yeah, no, I think with those kind of shows, like I try to watch it just because, you know, I I do like delve more into the Latin music scene, but a lot of it's still very white. Um, Not even just reggaeton, but in like all the genres, it's still like only attributing to one type of person. And it's it's just very boring after a while that I'm just like, okay, we're not giving any recognition to our indigenous artists or black artists or trans artists. All these white art, all these white Latino artists are still trying to like, they're all like taking from black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're taking from black culture at the same time, but they're all benefiting from it because they're white and they probably made it up there because they had proximity to wealth or something because of their whiteness and it's just like ah like they can I'm sure they're great people or they're great artists I'm not taking that away from them right and I just want to see more and I really want to see like especially during this month right I'm like god we have so much work to do like there's just so much more to us than what we keep seeing Mm -hmm. and I'm ready for it to evolve and I just can't wait for that to happen yeah I don't know. It almost instead, it was like, instead we got Rosalia's at the billboard and we got Becky G's that and they're winning and they end and, up winning Latin awards. Like, yeah. And, and Becky G did, did even Becky G tried to act like there was no racism in Colombia. And like, there's a latest music video she did with like, I can't remember who it was with like Skrillex or somebody. And she's like wearing like an indigenous tribal outfit. And oh, I'm wow. just like, girl, really? We really yeah. called you out for all these other stuff and you're still doing this. And I'm like, where, why can't we see Lido Pimienta in these like billboard awards? Why can't we see right. um, Bad Dominicana, like other artists that are like out here doing stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> Rosalie and Billie Eilish winning a VMA for best Latin award or best Latin music video or something. Trash. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that when it comes to like Latin artists, they try to like, milk them as much as possible and this has always been an issue i mean me you know me growing up spanish speaking mainly you know sometimes you know we just watch like you know you know like furia mexicana and you know latin billboard ocho all that shit they always milk the same artists and not for months but for years they milk for years and years and years like bad bunny j balvin i've heard this these names for like fuck four or five years now it's the same people and that's just the thing, I think, the problem with, like, Latin music. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but it's just, that's all they do. They should have these artists as much as possible, and this is all they got. I mean, in a way, like, sometimes English music seems to have just a little bit more variety. They mm-hmm. don't, but compared to, like, a lot of, like, Latin American music, they're just, like, I mean, how I many, like, Bad Bunny is, like, fucking everyone to the point where, like, I'm annoyed by people who make Bad Bunny the personality. Yeah, I yeah. said that. You might not be coming for somebody, but I am. 
That's fine. You can do it. That's you, boo. Not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like something to say about white Latinx celebrities, like whether musicians or like uh, actors. Where mm-hmm. it's, it's like definitely not do- limited to music by any means. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like they don't reach back and like give anybody else a chance mm-hmm. um, and like even look outside of like you know white latinxes um but it's like damn dude like I, I don't know there was like a role for something and i was like I, I don't know what it was but i was like man like at this point like selma hayek should really be like picking her roles and then just saying you know what here's like young people let me yes. give them a chance to act or like produce do you want to like like a next something. generation something more inclusive? Just being like, I'm gonna throw money at this shit, or right. like having artists like just be like, hey, would you like to be featured? Would you like to do a feature? Also, I'm gonna produce your next album or something. But right. it's always just like the same thing of just like, oh, here's me and my new song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because a lot of, a like lot. it's always just like the same thing. So I get really interested. Like yeah. I'm not in any way like interested in like bad bunny stuff because yeah, i was just like oh like i yeah. think i saw what it was early on and was just like oh, i'm not really interested but i'm also like a huge pit bull fan okay like, see everybody bull has bull their kryptonite <laughs> i've seen yeah like i fucking love pit bull that is so like, funny he puts on a show listen so, i recently rediscovered old pit bull and i was like yo he was really fire i didn't remember yeah. this he like performs amazing like the whole time he he comes on like full suit like he's wearing a suit but then there's a vest and then a shirt under that and like he like just starts dancing along and singing and he's just like keeping it hyped and as he starts waiting he starts taking it down so the next thing you know he's just like in a oh, shirt i'm dead i'm dead i'm dead like, full on entertaining also i went to these concerts with my mom she was like pre-gaming Iconic. In wow i am such a fan of your family show. I really am. I, I think, would you consider yourself uh, Mrs. 305? She's Mrs. 210. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. 210. I yes. I keep it true to your roots. True yeah. to your roots. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also because media likes to tokenize other people. That's also something. I mean, for look, sure. for fucks, people are, we're, we, we're still talking about Selena. She's dead. You're talking to a Selena, like it's true. I know, I know, but I know, I know, I know. Look, no, I'm not, I'm not hating on Selena. No, like I'm just saying though, it's just that media tokenizes Latinos so much that they'll tokenize a person who just deserves some freaking rest. And you know what? They tried doing that with Jenny Rivera after she fucking died in LA. They try to fucking milk her. Jenny, they tried to make her like Selena 2.0. I'm not making this shit up. I remember. I believe it. I love Jenny Rivera. I saw her once live at a Grita and Honey in the Park for free. Uh-huh. One of the best performances I've ever seen. And I always like to rub it in people's faces. I saw Jenny for free. And she <laughs> fucking was a fucking boss. And she drink tequila on stage. I and love I it. Jenny Damas, fucking yeah. County, fucking bottle of yeah. It was a great performance. And I saw it for free. Uh, yeah. just the Honey in I, I saw about Trevi there once, and she mm-hmm. played some of her. Okay, see now you you doing that LA bragging. You know we don't get free shit in Texas. We just get the like. You might get a cute Tejano show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, well, but I mean, I mean, or you might see Chris Perez at Trader's Village. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Chris Chris Perez did like it was like a people in Espanol like magazine thing. They did like this whole promotional thing. I want to say not at the Alamo Dome, maybe like the convention center. And there was like oh, and it was like free and open to the public. Like so, they they had all this type of promotional stuff. Um, like Christella was there uh, promoting her show before it came out. But there was a concert by Chris Perez. And uh, like all of these old ladies showed up and like were fucking like elbowing each other to get up front. Oh my God. But like, because I go to concerts and stuff, I was like, um, that band's not even like playing music. Like none of their shit's plugged in. Like, and so it was like pre-recorded and he was just like singing over it. But the band had like an electronic drum set. And, like, the guy was, like, you know, drumming, but, like, none of it was plugged in. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, my God. I was like, these old ladies can't see that. These guys no. aren't really playing music. No, they were but living, though. They, yeah, they lived. They were, like, so excited. Because they got signed. cataracts. They can't see They it. got cataracts. But, <laughs> but they were. Oh, my God. They were so into it. And I was like, I'm not going to tell them. We're not going to ruin this. And be like, <laughs> You're, this is a phony. Like, no, shut up. You know, right to watch Chris Perez. I want to marry him. And fucking Tejano uh, husband right there. Oh, he my God. He can't hear. He can't hear. He's just like. Well. I'm guessing a way Latin media, if there's a good and bad thing about, like, the fact that they kind of like milk an artist in a way like the bad thing is just like i mentioned earlier it's just like you know you go to these award shows and like all you see is like bad bunny j balvin carol you know uh, rosalia whatever isn't she like spanish spanish mm-hmm. she's spanish yeah if España, rosalia but you know they go and be like you know you get these award shows that aren't really awards they're just like here here's an award for like you know for like the fourth time it? in a row like the alma awards it's like you exist yeah, like you exist. But at, but at the same time, I think the, that's also partly the good thing. That's also really the good thing about uh, Latin music and media is the fact that we can have all these artists sing for like 40 plus years and right. still get the chance to make great music. You know, look at Juan Gabriel. I mean, he's for been sure. fucking playing music in the 70s, 80s. And I mean, he to, was. He was, he yeah. Was. And, you know, yeah, he passed away. It was or, terrible. Or, or are you one of those people that believe he was still alive, like his manager said? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> he, he, he's dead. I cried I, on a bus, like on a mega bus uh, from like San Jose, California to LA, like overnight. Like I was listening to my to my uh, playlist, and like the girl next to me was like a real bitch on that bus. She didn't oh want to. She was like had half her nalga on my seat, oh. like she was just all stretched out. She was mad Damn. that I. But like it was like the worst bus ride of my life. No, singing his music and just like crying. Crying. I, I told my mom, I messed her. I'm like, hey, did you hear Juan Gabriel died? And she's like, oh, por qué era gordo? Oh she's my like, god, not that. Yeah, we love we love Latina mom fat phobia. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Oh my god. Clearly we can talk forever. I do want to ask y'all one more question before 
um we have to go i definitely if i can someday in the future we'll bring y'all back or we'll have to collaborate on something again in the future um but i do want to share i want i do want y'all to share with us a little bit of your experience as creators um in san antonio and what it's like to live there as artists because i do appreciate that y'all are both um really strong in your craft and also very intentional with even who you collaborate with um and what you do and and it, and it is really admirable and i think that's why uh i mean there's many reasons but i i know that's why san antonio has so much love for y'all as well well those are some very kind words we appreciate um i'm not even from here, He's not even from here. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's still like, I think you fit right in, right? Because you yeah. also bring something special to that city and, and that city itself is very special. I just like everything is like, everything, like all of our successes, particularly mine has been like possible through our community and everyone just like being able to, everyone just kind of rallies around one another of like, oh, what do you need? Like, like when me and Tasha Hernandez started doing Santa Susia, like we just texted folks about like, hey, do you want to be in the zine we're putting together? And like little by little, like the zine grew and we started getting submissions from California and stuff and all over. And when we were like, hey, like we would like to go to LA Z Fest, like how do we fundraise? Like we were like, let's do a yard sale. And so we were like, hey, like, can people donate stuff for us to sell at our yard sale? Like, not, so it's not just our stuff. People did. Like, people dropped off a bunch of stuff. And yeah, then they showed awesome. it to the yard sale and, like, bought somebody else's stuff. Aww. And then we'd be like, oh, that's $5. And they're like, here's a 20. Like, have a good Cheap trip. It. Like, you guys are mm -hmm. out there repping. And it was, it's like, and it, that just feeling never stopped. Like, everyone, when we would do zine releases, like, people would show up. They'd buy a zine. And then it was kind of like a word of mouth thing. Like someone's like, Hey, like my cousin um, showed me your zine and I'd like to submit. And then we get to tell them like, Hey, you're, you're published now. And Aww. like these zines get like read in university classrooms and, and like those students like go and share and like submit and start their own zines themselves. So like community is a catalyst for mm. amazing things happening. So all of like, my success comes from like you know my close friends and then like it just like goes like wildfire to all of the wonderful relationships that I've made over the years and I love all of my friendships and you know they need me I'm there for them hmm. it goes back and forth and I think like like I was able to share those relationships with Galileo and like what's that you I'm just <laughs> um, but like, so when he came in i was like hey here's like a whole enthusiastic group of people like excited to meet you right um, and we were i i will say i was and i'm not even from sa but i was like ooh, i know then who's that cutie pie yeah. <laughs> my experience uh, as what being artist here yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Well, I mean, when I moved here, I was like fresh out of like college. I went to Kelsey Long Beach, fresh out of college. I was still working on a security job where I had no time to paint. Mm -hmm. So coming here was definitely a culture shock just because everything was calm. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm used to chaos. I'm used to like crazy shit happening. I mean, I grew up in Southeast LA. You know, I, I knew fools that killed. I knew, um, you know, I, I've, you know, I've, I've gone into a 
you know, a couple fights and, you know, like my, and I would see my friends get into fights, you know, crazy, crazy shit. I could go on with all the stories. So, you know, so for me, it was hard to adjust to how calm things were. At the, the same small time, city I vibe. Had this, um, it was weird. I was like perceiving myself through like Issa's social media, which is, I look back at it now and also thanks to therapy, uh, I realized how stupid that was. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, it's just like, you know, I was so used to like being around my friends and my family and, you know, and, you know, even like the hardcore punk scene back home and, you know, like people knew who I was. So coming here, no one knew who I was. And I guess I didn't really kind of, I wasn't really grasping that at the time. I wasn't even like showing my art at the time. I think it was like a Z, one of Issa's Zine Fest events. I think when she was doing like the Zine Library for the first time, her friend Susie mm-hmm. and, and Isabel, I just know this about, we call her Isabel. They were going through like uh, Larchata Zine, which is a friend, Kim and Vero Zine, some Sa- Sabi girls from DC. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, wait, like, is this you? I'm just like, yeah. Like, you draw? I'm like, yeah. How can you never say it? I'm like, you never asked. Aww. No, but that's always my reaction. I guess, like, um, I don't really gloat about it as much. It was the whole thing of, like, him not wanting to call himself an artist because he yeah. thought it was mm. pretentious. I mean, and we it, had to it, have, like, a whole multiple conversations funny. about it. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it still lives, but to an extent dent in the sense of like if people make being artists like their identity and that's all they push and like, I'm a self-made artist, self-made artist. Chances are their art fucking sucks. I'm kidding. And I'm not even gonna fucking argue nobody. Chances are they suck. So I don't really oh like to quote myself as an I'll say I'm an artist. I draw like now I'm like okay I am an artist because I have shown at these all these different places. I've shown at I've shown at my old job at Mola. I've shown at Duke University, University of Maryland, Montana. I've shown fuck. I have a show. Uh, it's gonna be set up next Saturday at Flatland Gallery in Long Beach. So if y'all want to check yeah, it out, yeah, let's promote it. We got listeners in LA, so we can get yeah. them to go to so, the show. Yeah, so that that show. Well, let me get to it in just a little bit. And but I think <laughs> the cool thing about being artist here in San Antonio, here, I guess for me personally, is the fact that now I have the time to make the art. I have time to make art. Mm. Well, like, well, I didn't have time to make art. I would wake up, have to be at work like at eight in the morning. I have to open up the museum. Yes, I had to open up a museum. Mm. Uh, make sure I get there in time or else everyone's late. And then I would come home late, like two, three in the morning, having to go through traffic. Sometimes there'd be terrible accidents where you see your car burning or someone dead. Oh my but, God. It's, it's trauma. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, I didn't have time back home. And moving here, right. I found out I had time, you know. Even when I don't have time, I still kind of have time. I still, I can make some time. And that's right. what I really appreciate about making art here. It's just the fact that I can actually now make it. And I've already now, people, I guess I've been here, I've, been, I've lived here long enough that people now know that I draw and paint. And, you know, I've already shown like at a few, a couple galleries here. Actually, later today, I do have to drop off some work at Presa House. Shout out to Presa House. It's a great gallery. We haven't been there. Um... So I'm gonna drop off some work for a group show. Um, He's established. I'm, I'm, I will say I'm established. Because <laughs> also have this weird notion of like I'm not. I I don't know if I should even consider myself a San Antonio artist because I'm not even from here. No. No, but the, <clears throat> let me get to that. Shush. Oh my Hello, god. My is a little papa. Um, you know, it's it's like it's weird because I'm you know I'm not a San I I'm, I live in San Antonio. I'm not a San Antonio artist. I'm also not an LA artist. I'm not a Los Angeles artist because I'm not living in Los Angeles and they're doing their own thing. Go get the charger. 
Get the charger. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, we do have to wrap. Unfortunately, I do have my guests here, so I definitely have to keep going. I'm so sorry. But but I do appreciate you all so much. Uh, We love your work, and we can't wait to see what comes next um, because both of y'all's stuff is so powerful um, in its own ways. Obviously, vastly different, but I, I absolutely adore it. And so we're just so glad that we had some um, some Spurs fans uh, in the mix today with us because you know we can't we can't forget the beauty of San Antonio um, as we're talking to and covering a lot of different Texas artists and creatives. So thank you both for being on Decolores yes, Radio. I'm sorry us. we didn't have more time. That's okay. Thank All you. All right, y'all. Well, we will thank talk you. later. We'll see you soon. Bye. Love bye, you. Bye. 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 Hello, this is our commercial break, where I am here to encourage you to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash decoloresco. You can also donate to us at decoloresradio.com slash donate. We've been doing all this amazing work for over four years. We deeply need your support and your help. You can get all the exciting BTS videos, all the cringy moments in between each segment, on our patreon so subscribe today thanks welcome back jose villalobos grew up on the u.s mexico border in el paso texas and was raised in a traditional conservative family his work reconciles the identity challenges in his life caught in between traditional Mexican customs and American mores, as well as growing up with religious ideals that contrast with being gay. In his artistic practice, Villalobos explores traditionally masculine objects and softens the virility of these objects. Villalobos received a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from the University of Texas at San Antonio in 2016. He was awarded the Artist Lab Fellowship Grant that same year for his work De La Misma Piel at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. Villalobos recently earned a Joan Mitchell Painters and Sculptors Grant and, and residency and is also a recipient of the Tan Foundation Award. His work was featured in a nationally recognized exhibition, Trans America, American Gender, Identity Appearance Today at the McNay Art Museum, and Villalobos has exhibited and performed at the Mexicarte Museum, Austin, Texas, El Paso Museum of Art, El Museo de Arte de Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, among other institutions and galleries nationwide. We are so excited. We are welcoming to the show today, Jose Villalobos. Hello. How are you? Good, good, good. Good to see you. I love any time I can have a conversation with you. Yes, for sure. Because we always laugh. Yeah, we do. And so yeah. like, I have so much to discuss. Hopefully, we'll have lots of lots of laughs. I think that's part of part of our connection. Um, but I definitely am so excited and honored that you're here with us on Decolores Radio today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is a this is a great um, this is a great platform to just, you know, get to know more about each other's practice and have mm-hmm. a fucking conversation. So. Yes, exactly. That's what we like to do. We like to know and get to know people's practice and their their true selves and especially our, our Tejanos that are really pushing um, boundaries around the world. Can you tell us where you're uh, where you're at right now? Yeah, I am currently in New York City. I'm in Brooklyn right now. Um hey. 
Yeah, I've been installing all week. I'm a little bit tired. I'm exhausted because I just got back from Chicago. So I currently have a solo show up in Chicago at Flex's Contemporary. So you should check them out. They um, their mission is kind of to um, represent uh, queer and um, queer people of color uh, or artists. Yeah. So um, you know, all the BIPOC community is that's their goal. But yeah, I mean, I'm bit tired i'm not home i'm not i'm just been kind of uh here and there missing little um little spots you know what i mean like right it's just kind of it's so i'm, I'm exhausted um i appreciate your honesty i appreciate <laughs> yeah. your honesty and i'm glad you're still uh had time for us because we definitely your work is one i've been wanting to talk about for a long time and it is some of the most refreshing stuff i've ever seen and i'm not just like boat like boosting you by any means but i think it's really incredible important work that we don't see enough of um so i definitely want to get into that a little bit more um but but uh tell us a little bit about your upbringing because you do mention it's a it was a very uh conservative upbringing you're in el paso um and then how just even being in that region has influenced your work as well yeah it's um you know being being a border child like i lived you know in the border grew up in the border i grew up between two spaces right and i grew up between like this idea of what the united states is right but also it's like a border town Mm -hmm. and then uh which is el paso and then you have mexico so you know it's just um i i grew up between those spaces and kind of uh there is this kind of uh weird uh vibe i guess that kind of exists Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it's very traditional. It's very como que se queda stagnant. Right. Like, and it's a lot of it is because I feel that um, when people migrate into the United States, or for example, when they migrate right across the border, mm-hmm. I feel that that is the safest place for them. So right. they don't go beyond any other right. state they just lines. made it over. Yeah. So, and you know, these traditions kind of like still live and kind of like never, like they never get out of those customs, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of things that kind of recycle and kind of stay, but are repeated. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of, um, it's just kind of weird. It's just how it's been. So I, Um, I moved in 2008 to San Antonio and um, ever since then uh, it was very hard for me because I was closeted my entire life I came out Mm -hmm. were you already an artist like did you consider yourself an artist in 2008 already no okay see okay Mm -hmm. see and this is where I appreciate your honesty as well because I know you're talking about um, your sexuality right you were closeted most of your life and so that means you've been out what 12 like 10 years? years okay yeah so it's it's fairly new for someone right 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 yeah i have a really like fucked up like like i guess history like i've gone through a lot of shit and uh like you know and and it's kind of weird because um all this sense of like this machismo that kind of um lived in the house Mm -hmm. or along like the family is something that was kind of viewed as normal to people right and for me any little thing like it was I tried to understand it as something but it was also hurtful 
mm. and also force myself to be like this person that they wanted me to be right and you but, felt that from a young age yeah I felt that, that from a young age like I would uh you know it's just like things so this is um I am currently working also like on an this is going to my artwork oh my god mm-hmm. um okay. I'm currently working on an exhibition um and some work um you know it's it's kind of it's in early stages but <clears throat> I want to um to title the exhibition Huanga because mm-hmm. when I was when I was a kid one of my brother-in-laws would call me that oh wow because of my mannerisms and the way I would so um you know and it was very because I guess they would know they, they would pick up on like the smallest like yeah they were joking about your queerness whether you were aware of it or not right uh-huh so um yeah like you know little things like that were hurtful to me right mm-hmm. or like um hearing someone say like oh don't be running like a little girl or no hagas así con tu mano y por qué corres así and you know they would mock me you know to show me what I was doing and it was like a sense of uh it was like a discipline tool right like this was how the way they they disciplined me to um to kind of not be that person <clears throat> and Man, even as a kid, I would remember I would like go to the neighbor's house and play Barbies, but behind the tree, my mobile home because I didn't want nobody to see, right. like little things like that, right? And so it was weird. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I, um, I grew up to like in a very conservative, like a religious family, right? Mm-hmm. Like there were, um, it's kind of this, you know, it's a church, it's like a Christian church, but it was also like pentecostal type mm-hmm. like evangelistical right so me and fabi will talk about this <laughs> and we go off because we and then we start making fun of each other and we're like right. i'm in gloria Dios, i'm in gloria Dios. <laughs> right? bonding. yeah so oh you know it, it's like growing up with that you know these beliefs and like so it, it's just crazy right like you see these things and like what it took even when I moved to San Antonio I didn't come out right away mm. I had a girlfriend that I was very serious with because my family she moved with me wow yeah it was it, you know it, it's been it's because of there's this expectation that that lives right and mm-hmm. that is expected from family and just like it's just it's I don't know it's like almost like a requirement yeah it felt more comfortable for you to exist in that way because of where you were what 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 the norm was in your in El Paso right and so you were like I'm gonna just roll with this until you know you moved away and were able to really come into yourself yeah and it was hard like you know but I think it went to a point too because we were serious and we know when she moved out there and you know we were um you know, we lived together, we, everything, it was, we were like almost practically like common law married, yeah, you know, for sure. and it was weird. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't hide that from myself anymore. Like mm-hmm. I just had when did to, that, when did that click for you? Um, I think it clicked for me. Well, I mean, I always knew that I was gay, like even as a you, kid. Okay. You felt yeah. it. You knew. Yeah. I knew I was the, the, you know the queerest little kid in my little like, heart. Like they called me Wanga for a reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> move aside. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, I don't know, there was just, a, you know, there was also getting exposed to like a bigger queer community was also, yeah. So I was like, wow, like this can exist, right? This is a, and you know, it's different. San Antonio is different compared to El Paso. And um, yeah, eventually I just, uh, you know, I had to just be like, I can't do this anymore. I mm. fucking cried my eyeballs out. Oh. And uh, it was, it was like a, you know, this, this bittersweet like like ending to that relationship right and like a rebirth like you got to right. really um be who you were and and then you know explore yourself and your life and your love in this new city yeah. as well um well I definitely um also you you brought up your work a little bit which is definitely something I want to unpack and I think um I was speaking with a local artist Christian Cruz that does performance art here in Dallas um and her work's really intentional and powerful as well and we were kind of discussing like I feel like I hadn't seen a lot of Latinos do performance art um and so I was definitely curious on um what this medium what exploring it has been like for you um and do you have like a preference because you do a little bit of everything in your work yeah um <clears throat> I don't I mean I really don't have a preference uh, which is why I kind of like use whatever um right. I've always told myself that I wasn't going to limit myself to just be one thing as an artist for sure I, th I think it's super important for to understand that right to well you know but I guess for some people if it works whatever works for them whatever that's what works right. for them. that's you know what's what comfortable I mean? mm -hmm. and uh, for me I'm always trying to challenge myself I'm always trying to learn right how to use so i play around with a lot of material and that's kind of how like am i capable of doing this i don't know let's mm -hmm. figure it out you know uh -huh. and i kind of like start doing that um performance was one of the things that i've always liked um as a kid well even till now i i say it in my head but es que estoy loquito mm -hmm. pero uh, okay, we all are <laughs> but you know for me it, performance it, i've always I wanted to be like a movie star when, when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be an actor. I want to be doing like yeah. action movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Pero, hombre, yeah. when are they going to give give an opportunity? Give to, Juanga to an like action me? film. I know, right? <laughs> give the Juangas a, a, an action film. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's, it's so crazy. So I didn't, when I was in school, I didn't, you know, I kind of just started, um, I was going to school to become a writer too. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. So, I w was going to uh, school to become a writer. I was um, going to be, I was an English major when I went in. And then, oh, wow. and then I took my art class. I was always creative as a kid, though, you know, like okay. I would, I would make like, you know, like little things or draw or color mm -hmm. or whatever. Everybody would get jealous on my coloring books because they were and you the like, bombs. But, uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, so it, it was weird. Like I took my first art class and then I was like, like, I want to do And that this. was in college? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then from then you were like, this is my life. Yeah. Do you yeah. think and at that time, sorry, do you think that you were immediately able to express like your hardships through your craft? right away no. okay mm -hmm. you got yeah there. I got there yeah it was um okay so also like another thing like 
I was never like I never knew really what art was like I didn't know anything about contemporary art I didn't know anything about anything like I had very like traditional I think culturally as well because a lot of us don't don't have that grand exposure right and you know and it's a lot of it it, it's also the accessibility to things right Mm -hmm. like we don't absolutely um like parents are busy you know working and uh yeah so you know you never get exposed unless there's like a field trip I I think I in my time in El Paso I only went to the museum the art museum one Mm -hmm. time wow yeah yeah so I I didn't know I think I was in high school or middle school but anyways um but yeah so when I um when I kind of just took my first art class I was like I was able to understand that there was a just how words can be used to create and develop like something mm-hmm. like you can also do it with work artwork right right and uh yeah it it, it took me a while to talk about like myself mm-hmm. um I was afraid I was afraid to to kind of bring that into um it's, yeah and it's like a public platform right and once you start pu- talking to public you know public eye it's completely different and it's very much so it's a yeah, lot more raw <laughs> yeah and you're you know you're become vulnerable like you're you're putting yourself out there and especially when it comes down to performance right like for me I saw <clears throat> some uh, performances just doing research in school and I I saw the power that a performance can carry and that's kind of how I started doing performance work too I love it yeah well in your work one of you you cover a lot of things right Um, But something you repeatedly do or has been themed, a a focus theme of the last several years that I've been seeing your work um, is just tackling machismo, right? Tackling masculinity head on. And maybe I'm ignorant, but I have not seen a lot of artists do that, especially Latino artists. And Mm -hmm. so when I first saw your work, I was like, oh, I am obsessed because you get really creative with it you get um very intentional with like down to the fucking nails literally nails you use yeah and so I think that is so powerful because obviously we know patriarchy at large is is a is an issue but specifically within like the Mexican community we see day after day how toxic this machismo um is and how harmful and and violent it is often um, and so to see, you know, this like queer Latino artist doing this is really um, necessary. And I, I'm sure you're aware of that, but I, I definitely um, want to hear more about when that was incorporated and what responses have you received to this? Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it was kind of it was a shift when I said, OK, I want like I want to talk about myself in my mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And um you know, but it was a little bit scary. So um, I really wanted to, you know, I I was a ceramics major. So I graduated with, you know, my ceramics concentration. Wow. And I said to fuck with it because I don't have the accessibility to like a kiln and it's expensive. Yeah, that's right? hard. So, that, that one specifically is very yeah. hard. <laughs> so then I, um, so I just started um trying to understand like other material and really like I really want to talk about like 
and I'll, you know, it's like, should I do it? Should I not? I don't know. Mm. You know, y luego, pues, um, I kind of just started with, and I think it happened when, um, I mean, a lot of it, there was things that I would face even when I came out, right. Mm -hmm. That kind of like existed. And it, it was right. like something that I never, uh, let out and it was kind of like a buildup. I think that for me, it was very important to talk about these issues, but also bring it to the forefront and mm -hmm. using that process of making artwork to um, to release that um, that you know this you know anger and sadness and uh, whatever may be um, right. that was built up in a body of work, and that's kind of how I started, and I created. Um, I created uh, the work of De La Misma Piel, which uh, that was the first work that went into okay. that shift. And wow. it's all these, you know, all these leather belts and they're like, you know, they're like the tooled Western um, belt. And uh, instead of the uh, last name that the man would carry, right, it's, uh, they're all homophobic slurs on them. And, it, you know, it was like kind of uh, commenting on uh, things that I would grow up listening to and how we still kind of experience that um, kind of, uh, and it, I would say it's, uh, it's a very personal, impersonal attack because right. it's things that are said even to someone else and you're in the room and you hear it. And you feel right. It, or like, you can just read the energy. You can feel yeah. it the eyes like there's so many ways that these things transpire yeah and you know and I said fuck like I want to um like you know it, it, it's just so funny that this culture that exists it's very insane it's like mm -hmm. I don't understand how you know this is me this is me like I don't understand but also uh it's an, an attempt to trying to understand at the same time when you see like these fucking men with like their super like adorned belts and like or you know um, glittery suits and uh, you know whether they're in a banda or not and their boots and mm -hmm. but they don't see yeah but you know if you're not queer it's fine like it's just right yeah and it's even almost hyper masculine right oh and yeah. it also means wealth it means quality right. it means all these other like positive yeah. connotations um, right. whereas if you're a queer person it's like oh they're that you know and it's right. like very demeaning um but but the responses to this shift in your work how has it even been from like does your family see your work at all because i feel like it, your family maybe inspires a lot of this right because of what we've heard yeah uh yeah for sure i mean they see <laughs> they see my work and my mom sees my work too and my mom is doesn't understand a lot. Like my siempre me dice like, oh pues ustedes no más saben, right? Like only you artists know or get each other. I was like, well, you know. So I tried to explain it to her, and it's just very funny. But um, right. yeah, I mean, the responses from the family is kind of like, I don't know, like it's kind of mixed. Um, you know, in the sense that they support me, but also like they try to understand these things and like why and then sometimes it'll happen where it's like uh you should get over it like 
you know, it's just like, well, you know, like it, it's a lot. It's well, and that's a whole we could do a whole series, a new podcast on like familial trauma and like how yeah. you cope and how they keep yeah. projecting and you're supposed to just get over it and like drink micheladas and hold hands around a rainbow all of a sudden when it's right. like well I went through 20 something years of this shit and I'm finally yeah. speaking up for myself so right, do I right, have right. to uh, which is also the beauty of the queer community right and 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 creating our own families and saying this is I'm going to surround myself with people who see me and love me fully um, as I am but I, I, I know you've also gotten like different reception also from um, I know a magazine recently that came out with you on it um, the reception yeah. from the public right and some different yeah. instances you've experienced as well um, and it's very interesting because you are doing these things and tackling these things in a lot of like white institutions so yeah. um, I am curious what all of that experience has been like for you as well coming from like El Paso to, you know, not sure if you're going to be an artist. Okay. I'm an artist. Oh, Hey, I'm actually queer. You know, like you've had a quite an evolution. Yeah. I, that's the goal. The goal is to be in these white institutions and have, you know, um, my, you know, my work in there and disrupting like, like yeah, this exactly. fucking whiteness that exists. Right. Mm -hmm. And not, it's, and it's not only disrupting the whiteness, but it's also disrupting like, this hierarchy that exists and this um you know and also uh it's a very it's a very like um male dominated field yeah. too right and it's like i'm also trying to be aware of all of that at the same time as a queer person like you know like it's like time to disrupt that fucking system that exists right and like start breaking it down and you know and it's so weird, right? Because sometimes we do say like, oh, you know, um, like, oh, how should I say it? Like, we're always saying, oh, you know, like, uh, we like almost like we don't want anything to do with that those spaces because mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, all the fucking bullshit that happens or whatever. And it's just very systemic, right? And we, we all understand like it, but also like being in that space is important right mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah it may have been a white person who put me in that exhibition or curator or whatever but i think that <clears throat> there's still a lot of work to be done right and Absolutely. i think that even uh cautiously being in these shows is very very important because then we have a further conversation of okay like then my work gets to be seen right mm -hmm. And then my work will do the rest. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. It, it continues the conversation from there. Right. And and what do you what would you say to young artists that are looking to get into these spaces, right? Because it is kind don't of don't do it, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just gonna say who's who like, trying to get into school. Yeah. I was like, yeah, don't don't do it. <laughs> oh my god. No, but it's like a lot of because a lot of people, unfortunately, and we kind of were talking about award shows earlier, but it's like if you're not mm -hmm. getting an award or you're not invited to in this museum, like we because of how white supremacy is structured, we don't feel like we're valid or our work means anything unless we have right. Um, these institutions co-signing us and it's like we don't need that and I think that's also the beauty and you know some of our the guest hosts we had on today which is like no they have incredible work and it's still all for community and that's to me just as powerful because we're not waiting on these places to to co-sign us and we can do hell an art show in our backyard if we want to you know 
True. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it, it, it's just because of the way it's, it, it is. Right. I think, I think that's how we get, um, like validation, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that, oh, we, we, that. yeah, like we are artists. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. my, my work does belong in this space, you know, like right. that's how I feel that validation. And it's because, yeah, how you said, like, it's just the way it's, it's been built. Right. right. And if we're not, you know, and I'm, sh- it's because we've also constantly like, I feel that there's a lot of artists that kind of, um, you know, that, you know, they work and they work and they work and they never get seen. And it's kind of, uh, you know, they, they spend all this time going to school to become an artist at times, you know, and like nine los pela, right? And it's just right. kind of like, so it's, but that's also another part of like the job of being an artist is like networking with people. Like if right. you're not, if you're not in it to do all of this, like don't do it. Right. right. I think yeah. that's what I would have to say is like, if you're not willing to put in the work, because especially um, I'm, I'm talking to like the Latino, you know, the Latinx uh, individuals, if you're not willing to put in that work, it's going to be very difficult because we're not white and the thing's going to hand it over to us. Yeah. I Which mean, and then there are white sad, Latinos. Right? Yeah, I'm like, there are white Latinos, and I would even say Latino male artists do have it a little simpler still than oh, like yeah. women and uh gender non-conforming folks as well, right? Because there's still power within even Latinidad. And so it's just like I'm with you. I I, I think it, it does kind of go back to like it shouldn't be this way, but you do have to still work <laughs> just as right. hard or harder than other people. Yeah. And at the same time, I do hope that you know, people that are in these museums and are getting this power, are getting this attention. Um, and this is beyond just the visual arts world, but like lift other people up, you know, pull people up yeah. with you. Like we need, we need help too. We need shine. Exactly. And that's super important. And, I, and I'm so glad that you say that because this is what happens. And I, I mean, we're not blind either. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's also kind of uh, to a point where like all these like big grants and all these things are being awarded to the same people, mm-hmm. same artists, same, same, same brown artists too. Like, mm-hmm. like elevate, help bring other artists up, right? Help, um, right. you know, it, and it's just kind of, it's a cycle that just exists and it's kind of, you know, it's just the way it, it, it is. It's so weird. And it's, right. And we don't have to leave it at that. Right. Cause it's like the same thing that you're, I think that's the beauty in your story is like, you're, you are almost like mocking tradition that you grew up with. Right. You're saying, no, I want to disrupt that. I actually want to make you uncomfortable. Oh, I actually want you to question um, what the Cinto meant to you growing up. Right. I want you to, to question all these things. And so I'm like, that's to me, the beauty of what art is supposed to be is just like a critique and also something to make you question and expand and explore right. uh, yourself and the world and how you perceive it. But um, yeah. as we unfortunately have to wrap because we don't, we we already are going over time. Um, I do want to know because your work is heavy and you did share with us that like you've had a rough, you know, upbringing and there was a lot you've experienced, but you still carry like such a, a a calm joy which I appreciate you're still a lot of fun to be around um how do you ground yourself in these painful moments or or through all of this because you're Um, doing huge things you're in big shows like how are you finding that grounding 
Um, I think what keeps me grounded a lot of the times is my husband. <laughs> he's like, he's like super like, he, he will like return me back to where I'm supposed to be at. You know, he'll be like, uh, no, you just don't, don't do that. You need to time off. Like, you know, he, That's he, sweet. he, so he, he, that he does help me with that because sometimes I can't do it myself because mm-hmm. I will tell you, I I'm a big mess and I will be like stressing about the dumbest shit ever. And I'm constantly thinking, I'm constantly thinking about, Oh, what am I going to do next? What kind of work? And it's stupid. I'm like, you need to allow yourself to like, you need to allow your brain to rest. Like I need to shut it off. And sometimes, you know what I do is like watch trash TV. Yeah. Like that's one of my decompressants is like For watching sure. trash tv like I feel that. you can like sit on the couch get your you know your hot cheetos and your limon and yes. just watch now i'm hungry and then you're over there at the harbor at night yeah <laughs> you're like, why did i do that i can yeah. feel it in my body yeah no but i think trash tv helps out a lot i mean it could, especially tv that doesn't take a lot of thinking you know like yeah then you just like there and laughing and like whatever like sitakita like that's kind of like how i decompress um (laughs) but yeah or i weirdly enough also like also another thing that i do is i pick up extra shifts at the bar that i bartend at oh yeah yeah so it's just like i will work you know to get my And that's part of the Latino <laughs> thing too. It's that escapism or 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 working just because that's what we're used to. That's what we know. And yeah. and, it's, it, and that's like not a read by any means, but it's like it's comfortable to us because it allows us to kind of just not think about what we're going through. Yeah. Um. Again, that's not me attacking you or anything. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> no, it's real. Like, we do that. True. We do do that. True, and, yeah. and and it's comforting because we're around people and music and all the lovely fun things in life so I totally get it and I hope that in your journey you continue to um, process and heal and 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 push the boundaries in your work and everything you're doing because it's definitely important and it means a lot to a lot of people Um, and it I I'm like that's why I'm like I for me it was like definitely some of the first time I've seen work like that um, which to me is like historical and so I'm very excited to see um, what your future holds and I definitely my, my final question for you is what is next for for Jose Villalobos um what is next uh like next next or you mean like whatever like, you want to share honey you can tell us both tell us honey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I really I am um what is next is definitely for me is like I'm I mean, of course, you know, I have shows coming. As soon as I return from New York on Monday, I leave to Lubbock on Tuesday because I have a solo oh, show in Lubbock. That's so, so many extreme contrasting places. Yeah, yeah. so it's, uh, they ain't ready for it, but good because they're going to be like, oh shit. Like, yeah, that's going to yeah. be fun. I definitely yeah. want to hear about that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, I think that um, at the end, I'm trying to wrap up this year you know kind of in a good way mm-hmm. i love the holidays and i kind of want to be able to rest and reset uh-huh. yeah so that ne- yeah next year i think um i have some you know big works coming up i also um just was selected for uh, a bigger grant and yes. uh yeah i'll be sharing more information on that but i'm very yes. excited because that show i will actually um 
with that with that grant, I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna continue the work of the queer braceros. Mm, uh, and yes. so you know, it, it's for me, it's important to talk about these queer voices that I that are silenced. You know, uh, especially like in very important historical moments and sure. you know uh the work that i had at art pace was uh, about a queer bracero right and he would turn off he would cut off the power cords to the barracks to sleep with men wow so uh yeah so like that installation that i had uh, it was pretty cool because it was activated during the day and at night differently wow. so you would you would go at night and the lights would turn off and on on the beds and uh yeah so then Where was uh, when, at? at art pace in san antonio Oh yeah. man, that sounds good. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, I think I really want. What's next for me really is I really want to kind of I want to start saying no to mm. things. We love a and boundary. I, yeah, and I want to like slowly, like really, like kind of really take my time on creating some of this work mm. and really like because this is. I feel that um, I do strongly feel that this specific exhibition it's going to be like a big milestone for me and it's going to be because it's I'm going to start working with materials where I have to get them fabricated because I can't do it myself like that's you know when you get money honey you can use it (laughs) baby that's what you were saying earlier too right that's a whole nother thing is art really requires access and that's all forms of it and having yeah. funds is a big part of that yeah. so yeah it's definitely necessary and i i'm excited to see what comes next i can't wait to yeah. go and support can you tell us where we can find your work and we can follow you yeah you can find my work uh my website it's josevialobosart.com super easy Beautiful. And um, social media, I use Facebook, but not really, you know, Facebook is a little shoddy. So um, I you use Instagram. You have a good a Instagram, yeah. Yeah, I have Instagram, and that's Jose Villalobos Art as well. So it. you can find me there, follow me. You can, I, you know, keep up with, like, the work that I'm doing. I share a lot on Instagram than I do Facebook. Facebook, I kind of just use it for, like, a platform to, like, share articles and Fake news. Oh Oh my God. All right. Well, I do wish we had more time, but unfortunately we have to in the interview, but I appreciate you so much for giving us some of your, some of your New York minutes um, to share with us a bit about who you are, your story, and we can't wait to continue supporting you and we love you. And hopefully we can see each other again soon. All righty. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Yay. That means it's time for some grounding. It is time for us to take a breath. Um, Big thanks to the Texas star, Jose Villalobos. Um, I, I want to keep talking to him, but you know, we're already almost at a two hour episode, so I got to keep it moving. Um, Which means it's time for self care corner. Um, I'm trying to keep these simple nowadays, um, mostly because I don't want to go over time too much. Um, but they're usually messages I've kind of received. I did talk about that in my, um, blog post that I mentioned earlier that is on our Patreon. Um, but I'm really working on protecting my energy this week. Um, and it is something that I also kind of encountered shout out, shout out to my beautiful friend, um, Mela, who is a brilliant poet y'all have seen on this show from um, 
Dominican Republic and we had a lot of great conversations and we did a lot of like pretty cool kind of very very busy work in this like Instagram shoot um, that y'all will see soon I'm sure maybe by the time this is out you'll have seen it hopefully Um, but it really allowed me to kind of sift through like a lot of these uh, frustrations I've been having with like relationships or friendships or partnerships um, and realizing that like not everybody needs access to me um, which is probably why also I stepped back from social media a little bit because I was like, I'm getting overwhelmed. I'm exhausted and I need to learn how to protect my energy. Um, so that is my self-care corner advice for the week. Um, it is something that is hard to do, especially if you're used to being um, kind of there for everyone. But it is something I'm working on and encouraging in you all as well. Um, so definitely consider what that means to you and making sure you're prioritizing um, yourself in the healthiest way possible. So that is my self-care corner of the week. And now I'm going to toss to our good old Pat for the black and brown business of the week. Go Patty. Go Patty. Hi, thank you for having me here. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> so I actually, for the Black and Brown Business of the Week, um, I kind of want to give this as a space to um, highlight and uplift for us to donate and help the Haitian migrants that are trying to make it over here. Um, Eva might have a little more to give, but I have one organization that I'm aware of that is donating to raise funds to seek asylum for the Haitians. Um, and it's the Haitian Bridge Alliance. Uh, their link, which I can probably share on the show notes. Um, I'm trying to find it on here, but I can't find it. But you can find them on Instagram under the Haitian Bridge. Um, so it's centering the Black migrant experience. And they're raising funds to kind of help them right now seek asylum and all of that. Um, so I do definitely want to live, leave the black and brown business that we're highlighting is to uplift and uh, support them right now on these times, because obviously um, right now it's Latinx Heritage Month and there is a lot of anti-blackness. And I feel like as a platform that we uplift the brown and black people that we need to have this space to help them right now too, especially in this time. So yeah, that's who I wanted to give our space to today. I don't know if you know of any other organizations. I was trying to find others and, and maybe I can share some more on the show notes when the episode releases, but. For sure. No, I appreciate you doing that. I definitely think if you want like to get more involved in that, definitely look up um, social media accounts such as like um, at UndocuBlack. They definitely talk oh, yeah, about they, undocumented mm -hmm. issues um, within the black community. And I definitely think everybody needs to do a better job of understanding and, um, you know, doing our part to demand more from the people in power. So thank you, Pat, for that inclusion today, which means it is finally time for who you got on the coco. I meant to go run and get my thing before we recorded. You know what? That's okay. Cause I'll, I'll take a moment so you can okay. go do what you got to do. Okay, cool. I did want to share a little bit more about that trip. It was definitely, I, I, I am saying that cause I think I posted on my Instagram. So I feel like I owe people a little story. Um, but it was very cool to go with Mela. As I said before, I've been doing like assistant work for her. So I've been helping with a lot of her emails. She's a new mom. So shout out to her and all her brilliant work. 
Um, but it was really dope to see. I feel like I can't say that much because it's not officially out yet. Um, but it was a really interesting experience to get like a trailer with the snacks and they feed you and they take you in a go-kart to a set with a director who's like a big time guy. And it's just really, it was really cool. It was really fun. Um, but it was a lot of work and I, it made me salute celebrities a little bit more because though it looks fun and cool, it is completely draining and it was work it was like for real work and I knew that because I've worked on production sets before but this felt like the most intense one I've ever been on um because yeah, it was at such high level but I met really dope people there so shout out to the Miami people I met um and yeah so I definitely was I definitely had a little playlist and a little book um with me during that time but Pat what were you, you uh, listening to and reading there or did you not really get okay a- no, I did. I was definitely, you know, on the plane ride, I didn't have Wi-Fi. So I was listening to um, a playlist my friend sent with a bunch of different Afro beats. So that's oh. been really um, fun and entertaining. And it kind of gives me energy. And I actually like the new baby key more than I thought I would. So I've still been listening to that. Um, and then I was also reading a book by Jessamine Stanley called Yoke. Y-O-K-E. She is the dope ass creator behind Everybody Yoga. Um, And if you're into yoga or movement, um, she is a fat woman doing yoga on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, is she the one that we've done together? Yeah, I've I've been watching her for probably about two years now. But she's written two books and this book is really dope because it definitely kind of gives you more of her personal like life lessons, but also incorporates a lot of the themes of yoga. I'm not a big yogi. I don't have the focus for it, but I am working on it. But this book has been really grounding as well. Because I think these themes are like life themes and not just yoga themes. Mm -hmm. But those are some of the people I got for this week and what I've been up to. And now I want to hear yours. Okay. I didn't realize she had written a book. That's written two now. Or that's neat. I hadn't, I know that you like introduced me to her yoga and I liked it and I've done a couple and I've even shared it with uh, Babelito before her yoga. Yeah. So that's cool. I'll definitely have to look for the books then at the library because I need to get a library card. Wow, Library I'm, Bay doesn't have a library card? Not for New Mexico yet, but I wanted so Elvira released a new book. Elvira? Elvira. Are you iPod. bringing this up for the other reasons? Um. Well, no, because I actually want to get my library card because of her book coming out. I want to read it. But and she Elvira just released that book. Just came out. As queer, yes, Which she's joined very us. Excited about. I was very excited. I feel like... um. It released, uh, it like fulfilled something for my inner child because I was really obsessed with her as a kid. Um, so seeing seeing her and even like, I think I shared with you the picture of her and her partner and it was just like really cute and like sweet to watch. And um, I, I don't know, it just kind of like affirmed something for me. But anyways, mm-hmm. I wanted to get a, that. thank you. But I wanted to get my library card to read her book. And also just because I'm like, I'm new in town. I want my library card. Um, I've been reading don't a lot. Go. The gangs are going to be posted up at the library. I know they're going to be like, Pat's not here yet. Um, oh, so no. I've actually been reading a lot too. I've been reading a lot of Morgan Parker's books. Nice. Um, so this is the one that I'm recently reading, which is There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce. Um, I had also read her book, Magical Negro, which was beautiful because I read that from um, the No Name Book Club. And then I also read Other People's Comfort Keeps Me Up at Night. 
which one, that one's really good too. I think that one's one of her earlier books. Um, but her writing's just really great. I, I love everything that she says. And like, I don't know, like the ways that she writes about her stuff and even like the perspective she gives of herself and growing up and like trying to find herself just kind of resonates with me. And it just makes me feel like I, I know what those feelings are, especially in this time period that I'm like transitioning and living alone and like finding myself again, even having my eat, pray, love moment. Um, but yeah, she's a beautiful poet, novelist. Um, I, I highly recommend this book and her other poetry book. I feel like I have recommended Magical Negro in the past. Um, so I just wanted to highlight her. Um, and then also, I know that you said you're listening to Baby Keem. I know I've talked about this earlier this week, but Little Nas X's album was really good. Oh, I haven't have you listened, listened to it yet. yet? No, yeah, I think fun. I downloaded it, but since I didn't have Wi-Fi on the plane, you can only do so much. Oh, okay. It's really good. I'm really happy for him to have like this full album release. Um, I was just, the vibe was just great the whole way through. Um, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Can't wait for you to hear the track with Meg. He's got Doja in there. He's got all kinds of people. It's really great. Um, It's a lot of fun. And then like, even like some of the songs gave me like emo vibes too. Like I felt like I was back in high school. Um, So yeah. I downloaded it just now. So hopefully I can listen to it soon. Um, But it is great to see so much. I feel like there's a good influx of like amazing art right now, which is like, it always comes from trauma is what we've learned today. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) but uh, I definitely... Um, wish nothing but but love and healing to everyone ever in the world because I feel like we all need it and we're all going through it but um, yeah that means that it is time for us to wrap it up here at De Colores Radio thank you so much for joining us today major thanks to all our lovely guests um, Isabel and Galileo and also to Jose Villalobos who joined us today. Um, Be sure and support your local artists, y'all. Special thank you to all our squirrel friends, homies, and rider dies on Patreon. Remember, you too can become a financial supporter of the De Colores Radio family today and get early access to exclusive content. We truly cannot go on without your support. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us... Darn review. We'd love to keep growing. So if something resonated with you today in this episode, please share it with everyone you know. You can tweet it out, Facebook it, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Don't be afraid to um, tweet us or follow us at The Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin and Pat at Pat.Arreguin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor and producer is Jeremy Vecina. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Support us on Patreon or visit us at DeColoresRadio.com. Thank you so much again for being with us and join us again next time for De Colores Radio.